Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 49, where this week we're looking at inheritance tax. More on that in just a moment, but you're in exactly the right place to research for other financial advice too, because in our programs to date, we've covered mortgages, investments, pensions, credit unions, self-build homes, help to buy schemes, premium bonds, and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last week, we were getting to grips with the basics of life insurance. We can drill down and look at pretty much anything forensically, but if you have a general financial query, first place to look is probably our back catalogue. Search the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll find us there. An enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it. I'm John Ellis. With me as always, the star of our show, it's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you doing? I can't believe that's up to episode 49. I Nearly know. a year of doing the podcast. <laughs> I know. And there should be some sort of ticker tape parade or something next week when we're at 50. <laughs> <laughs> Foam guns or something. I don't know. I know. Now, when we were chatting about the uh, the background of this show, you told me inheritance tax has come under the spotlight these last few years, predominantly because house prices, prices keep going up and up and up. So where it was maybe once seen as, I don't know, a, a tax on the rich these days, it's affecting more and more people and more and more folk are having to research it and find out if and how it might impact them. So a good one to investigate further. Let's start at the beginning. What exactly is inheritance tax? Probably the, the best way to describe inheritance tax is sometimes called IHT. So that's just short for, for inheritance tax. So maybe a couple of times in the show, you might hear me say IHT, but that's just what, what that is. But inheritance tax is a tax payable and money savings or any other assets that you pass on when you die potentially as well it could be a tax on some gifts you make during your your lifetime as well the amount payable is calculated after any debts and funeral expenses have been deducted so it's a tax payable usually when when somebody dies so who pays inheritance tax then though who does it affect most presumably it's still the wealthy you know, I, I was looking at statistics. I, I got an email yesterday and I thought, oh, I'll use that for, for tomorrow's show. But I, I was reading it says inheritance tax receipts are up an incredible 54% year on year for the months of April and May. And then it also went on to say that full year inheritance tax receipts are up 204 million from the year before. So more and more people are paying inheritance tax. And like you said, because house prices over the years have gone up, I mean, it, it used to be that inheritance tax was meant to be a tax for on the wealthy, kind of a, a death duty there that, that was payable, but more and more people are falling into the, the trap of inheritance tax. So it's a good show to, to cover today, but when, when someone dies, the administration of their estate of fault of their executors, or if someone dies without a will, their administrators... If the state is liable for inheritance tax, it's usually payable at a rate of 40%. So it's a whopping amount that, that can come off. The executor is responsible for paying the tax, which can only come from the deceased person's estate with prior agreement of HMRC. So that, that's quite important because a lot of people think, oh, the, the estate will just pay the tax bill, but often you have to 
have that money to pay the tax bill before they'll, they'll release the estate. So once the tax has been paid, they, they then do what's the, the grant probate at that point, and that's when the assets can be paid out and distributed to the, the beneficiaries at that stage. Well, there's all these terms that I've, I've heard in, in like murder mysteries, probate and, <laughs> and all, all that sort of stuff. The, just going back a second to that massive increase that you're pointing to, do we think that any of it might be down? I mean, I know this is morbid, but do we think that any of it might be down to the fact that more people have died in this last year because of the pandemic? Could be, yeah, could could be. I mean, it, they often say that inheritance taxes are, they often call it a voluntary tax, but because there, there's ways that you can kind of plan for it and, not avoid it, but there's ways that you, like planning that you can put in place to to mitigate what you've got there. But it is, it could well be part part of that because I'm sure there has been a lot more deaths in the last year than what there, there would usually have been. Yeah, we'll come on to those sort of um, <laughs> loopholes or, or rope ladders that have been, been left for, uh, for people to sort of uh, mitigate those circumstances for the impact of inheritance tax in just a second. But what's the, the, the current inheritance tax threshold? What's the, the magic number that you need to be aware of? So, so at the moment, the threshold's 325,000 for an individual and 650,000 if it's a married couple or someone in a civil partnership. Now, the unused nil rate band can be passed to a surviving spouse or partner on death or civil partner on death. So, so what that means is that if if one partner had already died, it means you've then got an allowance of 650,000. So that, that's how that kind of works there. But in, in response to the continuing rise in house prices, what the government introduced was in, in April 2017, they, they call it an additional nil rate band. And what happens there is a residence can be passed on death to a direct descendant. So that, that was something new that they, they took in, which kind of means that people, that, that gives them, if they're passing on, it's only their main residence. If they owned other properties, that, that doesn't apply. But that was one of the, the things that the government kind of took in there. Mm. Being a tax that, that can impact the rich the most, that's that's probably why they've left themselves that, that rope ladder and escape hatch. <laughs> Makes it sound sneaky, I know. But there are ways, like you mentioned there, like the nil rate band, uh, that you can legally manage things to reduce how much inheritance tax you pay. So the main residence nil rate band, we've touched on that. There's the seven-year rule as well, isn't there? What's that? What does it do? Yeah, well, going back to the, the main residence nil rate band, so if, if you want to pass your main residence to a direct descendant, like a, a child or grandchild, and that also includes stepchildren, adopted or foster children, it's important to note that only direct descendants can benefit. So not everybody would be able to rely on this for IHT planning purposes. But in 2021-22, so in the current tax year, the nil rate band on, on the house is 175000 so if you added that to the existing threshold of 325, this could potentially give rise to an overall allowance of half a million pounds for those who are single or divorced, or up to a million pounds for, for a married couple or those in a civil partnership. There is a, a thing, though, on larger estates, if they, they, they call it like taper relief, and if, if you've got an estate worth over two million pounds, It'll reduce that reduces by a pound for every two pounds. So it's quite a complicated sort of area. A lot of figures that we're, we're kind of bandying about as well. You mentioned about the, the seven year rule. What that is, 
is to reduce the amount of IHT payable, like many families will consider giving their assets away during their lifetime. And this is called a potentially exempt transfer. But the, the catch with this is that for the gifts not to be counted as part of your estate, you must outlive the gift by seven years. If you die within seven years and the gifts are worth more than the null rate band, taper relief applies so that, say, let's say you, you die six years in after gifting something away, the tax at that point would be less than if you were to die a year after making the gift. So if you are gifting things away, if you live for seven years, find no inheritance tax to, to pay for it. But if you die before that time, then there's going to be some kind of a tax bill. Any gifts that you do make, they, they've got to be like outright um, and you can no longer benefit from them. So a, an example of that would be if you were to gift your house, but continue to stay in the house, you would have to pay a commercial rent. If you didn't do that, then HMRC would consider it as to be what's called a gift with reservation. And this would then include a part of that as, as part of your estate, if, if that was to, to happen. Mm, it's quite complex, isn't it? Um, uh, it is, it is. Can I, can I make a gift that's automatically free from inheritance tax? You can. Um, each year, you, you can make gifts of oh, up to okay. 3,000. You, you can make gifts of up to £3,000 in total. That's not per recipient. If you don't use this one tax year, you can carry over any, any unleft allowance to the, the next year. If you do this, you have to use up all your allowance in that tax year. You can't accumulate several years' worth of allowance and use it up in a single gift. Gifts of up to £250 per person per financial year to any number of people are exempt. Another thing that, that some people will do is if someone gets married, if you're the parent of a, the bride or groom, you can gift away £5,000 in that instance, and that's automatically free from inheritance tax. Grandparents, other, other relatives, they can gift up to £2,500, and any well-wishers can gift up to £1,000. So if somebody's getting married, that's sometimes a, a bit of a, like an opportunity where you can give money away and it's automatically free of, of IHT. Another way that you can make gifts that are automatically sort of free of inheritance tax as well is gifts to registered charities, political parties are also exempt from IHT. So uh, the, the politicians, they know what they're doing there, do they? <laughs> yeah. um, they I, I suppose that's why they get a lot of big donations, is it, as well? Folk try to reduce their, their IHT bills. So there, there are there are ways of, of being able to kind of pass money to the next generation there where, where you can try to, to avoid inheritance tax. I'm thinking if you've if you've got another home, Phil, perhaps what if you've got something in another country, like a holiday home or, or, or whatever? How are assets held abroad treated for inheritance tax? You know what, like the, the UK tax system, it takes into consideration assets located not just in the UK, but also abroad as well. So IHT is levied on your worldwide assets. Now, this can be quite a complex area, and there's a lot of different tax law there. So I would always say to people in that situation, seek advice and, and kind of find out more based on your own circumstances. Mm, this is why Richard Branson's going into space, isn't it? He's, he's, going, to, <laughs> he's going to move to the moon and hope for the best. Let, let's get on to the, the main takeaways um, from, from this one. What are your top tips with regard to inheritance tax? I've got, got a few kind of top tips for, for IHT. The, the first one I would say is make a gift every year. 
don't forget to maximise the use of your, your annual allowances and, and doing so can reduce the ultimate tax liability. So making use of your, your allowances for, for gifts is, is one of the tips that I would say. Another big one is putting things into trust. It's definitely worth considering putting some of your cash or investments or property into a trust. There's the potential for this to, to no longer far, form part of your estate for, for IHT purposes. So, for example, you could put money in a trust to pay for your grandchildren's education or to provide support for a relative to ensure that these are provided for after your death. So trusts is a, a big sort of thing there. Another kind of top tip is leaving things to charity. If the size of your estate means that IHT is likely to be payable, you can reduce the rate at which it's payable by leaving at least 10% of your net estate to charity. If you do that, this means that the, the rate of tax that you pay is reduced from 40% to 36%. So there's a slight tax break there if you're, you're leaving stuff to, to charity. Another kind of top tip I would say is to, to consider taking out life assurance. I mentioned earlier that quite, well, in most cases, the tax bill's got to be paid before HMRC will release your, your estate. So, so one way that, that you can pay that tax bill is to take out a, a life insurance policy. So, so that's a, another kind of top tip. Some people will take out a whole of life plan. One thing I would say with any policy that anybody's taken out is you need to make sure that the policy is written in trust to inform, just to make sure that that then doesn't form part of your estate. So that, that's another kind of tip there. But the, the payment of premiums are considered gifts for IHT unless they can be covered by one of the, the IHT exemptions. So again, I'd be saying to people, look, just seek advice. And it's funny that the last of my kind of top tips is to, to take professional advice. I mean, these days, many more estates are likely to be subject to inheritance tax. So taking expert advice could save your beneficiaries a substantial amount. But there there's other things that you can do as well. I mean, I, I mentioned about trusts, but even updating your will can, can have a, a big impact on things. There's other kind of planning that you can do. I, I know in, in the past, I used to set up what was called a discretionary gift trust. There's ways to try and mitigate and, and reduce your, your liability almost instantly as well. So speaking to, so I would say one of the top tips is take professional advice, speak to an independent financial planner or, or taxation specialist, because it is vital to have a valid will in place. Assets left a surviving spouse or civil partner are free of IHT. If you die without making a will, not all of the estate will necessarily pass to the surviving spouse or civil partner. So very important to have a, a will in place as well. So not only taking professional advice from a financial planner, but also good to, to speak to your solicitor to make sure that your, your will is up to date as well. And the thing with, with experts as well, Phil, if someone has a certain amount of, of savings of wealth, then these professional planners are literally going and practicing what you're talking about every single day of the week. So although you know it's, it's different, different people that they're dealing with, I would imagine the outs and the way to save uh, paying out so much are, are probably very, very similar in each occasion. Yeah, and then what you'll find, although you're paying out for, for maybe some professional services, you might see it as a cost, but in the long term, it can save thousands. That, that's the thing. And, mm. and not only that, I mean, if, if you try to do something yourself, you've no comeback because you've, you've done it yourself. Whereas if you are, I, I know 
like financial advisors tend to pay out a sizable amount for, for professional indemnity insurance. Solicitors will, will have that sort of thing in place as well. And if I, I used to often say to people, it's like that that's almost your safety net. I mean, if, if they give you any bad advice or then you, you've got like a former address there as well. So you're even more covered. But like you say, the, the experts are dealing with this day in, day out, and they they know all the, the kind of ins and outs, any ways around things. So it's definitely worth seeking out professional advice for, especially for, for inheritance tax purposes. Okay, now each week so far as we've covered various topics, Phil's given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by some of the subjects we've been discussing. So Phil, today, inheritance tax, what have you got in that? It, you know, it, it's something that I'm kind of looking at my, myself at the minute. I mean, we, we're a way to move house. Myself and my partner are to, to move in together. So the, the value of the house, I think alone is, is 390,000. I've taken steps in the past. I, I've got about half a million pounds of life cover and each of my kids, I think they get a payout of about 100,000 from each of the, the policies that I've got in place, but it's all written in trust. So that wouldn't form part of my estate. So that's one bit of planning that I have, I've done myself. The, the one thing I'm away to go and get updated is my will. I'm also looking at taking out extra life insurance just now, but it, it's easy for people to be, caught out I mean even even for a couple I mean I'm, I'm not married as well so you know one one way I could plan for inheritance tax is to actually go and get married because <laughs> then the allowance would go up to I know it's crazy is it but and we could all give you a gift Phil and that would help <laughs> us out <laughs> it is but do, do you know if if you actually like if once we move in together if we were married all of a sudden your allowance doubles so so instead of 325,000 up to the 650,000. And but for, for me, I've got to take into account the value of my business as well. That that's the other kind of thing that I've got to look into. So wills, trusts, all of that are, are such an important thing. And that, that's all things that I'm looking at myself at the current time. Can I can I just say, Phil, if at any point you decide to get down on one knee and you've got the ring and, and all of that worked out, probably best not to lead with darling. Will you marry me and help out with my inheritance tax planning? <laughs> First thing is, she listens to the podcast, so... Oh, no. <laughs> we'll maybe edit that bit out. <laughs> Phil, we always do this bit as well. I mean, you find inspiration through various folk that you admire, and you, you love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on inheritance tax? The quote of the week this week is from a chap called Roy Jenkins, Inheritance tax it is, broadly speaking, a voluntary levy paid by those who distrust their heirs more than they dislike the inland revenue. <laughs> it must be an old quote because the inland revenue, I, I had a look, it, it became Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs or HMRC, but that was back in 2005, so that's quite an old yeah, quote, yeah. that one, but that, that was a quote of the week this week. Good one, they're all the same. Now, uh, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's contact details on how you get in touch in just a second. Give it to you after these. Here's our first question. I'm 55 and never had life insurance. Is there an age where it's not worth bothering with anymore? What I would say is, as we get older, we often tend to have more ailments, which might push the, the cost of life cover up. Or if someone's had anything more serious, it might stop them getting it all together. So the older you get, probably the more, not the more difficult cover is, but in some circumstances, it can be 
bit harder to, to obtain. I, I would say it all really depends on your needs and circumstances rather than your, your age. I mean, the older you are, the, you, I mean, you might find that you've paid off your mortgage, so you maybe don't need cover for that, but but then you might find the more wealth you accumulate, you might have, for example, an inheritance tax bill to pay. And I, as I mentioned earlier in the show, that bill's got to get paid before they'll, they'll release the estate. So even for someone a bit older, they, they might want to consider taking out life cover for things like paying IHT bills. And so, so as I, I wouldn't really say that's so much the age that determines if someone should take out really more their needs and circumstances. Next is Lisa in Inverness who says, I've heard you talking about green mortgages becoming more prevalent in the market. We're interested in the idea of a green mortgage, but we can't afford to build ourselves. Do you think or do you know of any builders who are making homes which would qualify for green mortgages as an incentive to buy? One, one of the things that came out, I mean, there's more green mortgages coming out all the time. I think just a couple of weeks ago, I think it was Virgins, the, the latest big lender, to, to come out and, and introduce green mortgage products. But in, in 2019, the UK government introduced a, a green standard for all new build homes. Now, some builders are, are promoting this quite heavily. So, so you should find the majority of new build properties should really be quite energy efficient. And the, the bulk of them, I would imagine now, would be kind of in the, the criteria for these green mortgages. But there are, there, there are more and more green mortgages becoming available. I think lenders are starting to kind of embrace it a wee bit more, which is, is good. And I mean, if it's good for the environment and it saves you money, it's good for everybody. Mm, absolutely. Would you say, before you get in touch with the question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics so far. And I was just thinking there about self-build mortgages and also the green mortgages. We've done both of those in recent weeks. Uh, one with a guest, Hamish Malcolm. So uh, we might have touched on what you're interested in. Let us know. Uh, I'm John Ellis. Thanks for joining us today for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand, with anything we've been talking about or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show. Search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn too. Or you can email Phil a question that you can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question. And like I say, Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use your real name if you prefer it that way. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time for episode 50. Thanks for listening. Thanks, John. Thank you.